In this episode, we'll be speaking with Wish alum Brian Chin and his sister Tiffany Chin. Brian had his wish granted to meet Ozzy Osbourne back in 2003. Tiffany has been a volunteer with the chapter since 2019. Brian and Tiffany are now teaming up to volunteer together to grant wishes for children throughout the Hudson Valley. Fun fact, Brian also composed our podcast theme music. Here is Brian Chin and Tiffany Chin. Let's dive right in, guys. Welcome to the Wish House podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Awesome. So let's go right into it. You know, Brian, we'll start with you. You know, you're a Wish alum. And, um, you know, tell me a little bit about your wish. All right. Uh, so I had my wish granted in 2003, which was to meet Ozzy Osbourne. And that, I mean, I feel like that in itself kind of gives a general idea of what kind of person I was back in 2003 and uh, what that wish may have entailed. But we, you know, everything that went into it was really cool. Like the the process of figuring out what the wish would be, uh, narrowing down, getting the details, everything down to like transportation to the venue, uh, who picked us up, who we got to talk to, um, having meals covered and like all these different things and then even getting to uh again getting to the venue it was actually my very like clearly ozzy osbourne is like cycle back is his first solo album called blizzard of oz which just celebrated i think it's 40th anniversary or something like that um is to me the seminal album that made me want to play guitar so i knew that you know people who are presented with the idea of having a wish, you know, maybe they're going to want something now that might change later on, or, you know, they'll grow up and, you know, everybody's like, what, whatever, I think everyone can agree that whatever you liked in high school, you may not like like 10, 20 years out. Um, and there are certainly tons of things that that applies for to me, but I knew that being, uh, being a musician and making music is now just like very ingrained in what I do and my big hobbies and most expensive hobby too. And I knew that that would never change. Like at some point I can always look back and be like, that is a defining moment. So That's awesome, I knew man. That, yeah. So I kind of knew that like, okay, it really does come back to that album. Even if I don't listen, if that's not like the thing I listen to every day, like now it's still very defining. Um, so, so bro, do, does it feel like it's been 17 years since your wish was granted? <laughs> oh it's wild when you think about it right like i've known you you know for what 14 years you know something since 2006 like something like that yeah um probably probably something yeah around like 2006 um which by the way for those that are listening the way brian and i met initially was through our alumni committee which was uh created at our local chapter so you know for those right. that are interested you can check out the show notes and find out a little bit more about the alumni committee for those that are wish alum and want to get involved now maybe a, a year or two or many years after your wish the alumni committee at our local chapters are great great way to do that so um but yeah brian you were saying that's kind of when we connected about 17 you know whatever yeah it was, 14 i, years I ago. actually saw that um just out of curiosity i went back and looked that the original, I think the very, I have like a picture from the very first meeting and I don't even think you were there. Dude, like you I, had like some bell bottom, like yeah, huge I, pant just, legs. Just like <laughs> era of like Jenkos and like 
I was full like metal zone and uh, which again, like that kind of gives a better picture of what I was listening to back in the early two thousands, late two thousands. But yeah, 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 that it was April, 2006, which was the very first alumni committee meeting. I I was like, I don't even know if Abe was there. Yeah. But like, I know that we met in like subsequent meetings and then you started leading the meetings as well. And, and Tiffany, I mean, do you feel for you like it's been 17 years? Because you guys look like you're in your you know, mid-20s. Let's be real. <laughs> it, it does and does not. You know, I remember the day of Brian's wish very vividly. You know, we were buzzing about it. We were going to meet Ozzy Osbourne. We were going to go to our first real concert. And it was a massive one. But um, I remember when we were waiting for the limo to come show up at our house. and as kids, you think limousines are for only celebrities. It's not for you, but it was going to come to our house and it was going to take us to this really awesome day that we had no idea what it was going to be like. So um, even thinking about it now, it was very fairy tale like in a rock star kind of way. <laughs> That's really cool. Now, I have a, I, I was you know, through our production team that is working on this podcast, they shared with me a really interesting uh, wish enhancement that you you shared with them uh, from the wish. It was a snack of some kind. Is this, can you share yeah. a little bit about this particular <laughs> snack enhancement that was part of the wish in some way? I swear it was for Brian, um, but I did get to partake <laughs> in it. <laughs> so, so not only I... do you get your wish, but as wish granters and knowing this from being a wish granter now, um, they really tack on all these little knickknacks that the the wish kid is not expecting that just surprises you. That's just the icing on top of everything. So Brian, his favorite snack is Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> so um, all these little interview techniques, our Brian's wish granter used found that out and packed his limo full of his favorite snack and you know you get to bring that throughout your day and uh you know just another little surprise that's amazing and actually we didn't give a yeah go ahead brian i was gonna say like that box is on the opposite side of the wall that she's facing right now in my childhood bedroom and that's like the box that i use like it's just this giant box of reese's peanut butter cups that have obviously (laughs) since been eaten but that's what I actually have all of the, like the small little things that I got, like my backstage pass and the, like any other like lanyards that you got, stickers, like all the stuff that I got from my wish experience is sitting in that box. So like, that is a thing that I kept. That is so amazing. Look yeah. at that. See, we're learning new things every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Tiffany, we didn't really get a chance to kind of give your intro. You're Brian's sister, and you just recently became a volunteer. Is that correct? Like in the past year or so? Yeah, in the past year, Brian gave me the the okay that I could impinge on his uh his fun stuff in the, with the wish house. <laughs> and I'm curious, like, how was it for you, like, as a sibling, one you know, seeing the wish kind of happen from that perspective. But then on the other side, all these years later, getting involved with the organization and has it have, has like any of the surprises kind of kind of been dimmed a little bit because now you kind of see all the behind the scenes stuff or has it only enhanced it more? I think it's only enhanced it more. Um, it, it seemed like a very seamless transition, something that has really been a part of our family for, for 
what, 17 years now. And, uh, you know, you always see these logos for um, Make-A-Wish and you know, the star and the swoosh and everything. And every time I see it, I think of that day waiting for the limo and, you know, spending this really fun day with my little brother and just watching him being totally psyched on everything. Meanwhile, we have a lot of the same music interests and food taste. So it was kind of just a bonus for me. Nice. <laughs> but, um, but being on the inside now and seeing how wishes are granted and getting to do that for kids now is just so incredible. I think it's it's really just enhanced the experience and um, seeing how much thought and um, how much the people care at the wish house. Um, everything that they put into it, the creativity is just endless and everyone's willing to help everyone just to, to make a kid happy in the end. Yeah. And actually, you know, going back on, on what you're talking about with volunteering. So you're a volunteer, you help out at events. You're also a trained wish granter and Brian, you're also a volunteer trained wish granter. You're part of our alumni committee. You also are part of our speakers bureau and you also help out at events when, when you're available. So, you know, both of you guys have a lot of overlap there. And just recently you guys have, have been assigned a wish together for the first time. How has that been so far for, for you guys kind of, you know, now really pairing up as a team to work on this wish. Ask her. I feel like this would be my, I think, 11th wish. And this will be her second. So I feel like at this point, I'm familiar with the process. I know how it goes. And uh, so I feel like ask, you know, ask her how, um, how the process has been going. <laughs> Is it smooth? Did it work? Am I a good mentor? <laughs> Are you, is, is Brian doing his job as a mentor for you, Tiffany? That's the big question here. You know, I'd love to bash him for something, but I'm not <laughs> going to because he has been really helpful. And like he said, I just finished um, probably about two weeks ago, my first wish with another mentor. And um, the volunteer coordinator, Jillian, had a great idea that it would be so much fun to do a sibling granted wish. And uh, for some people, it wouldn't work. Um, I was pretty excited. I didn't really have any hesitations because, like I said, Brian and I have a lot of the same interests, um, same train of thought. So I thought it would be pretty easy. It would be pretty accessible to nag him for, yeah. <laughs> for help or ideas because, meanwhile, someone else, I might be polite and not want to text them at 11 o'clock because I need help, um, you know kid gloves are off and I can call them whenever I want. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you have we're doing this. We're working on it. And uh, it's been pretty fun. I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And it's always good to see that perspective, you know, as a newly trained wish grinder, this is your second wish and Brian, you know, to confirm, this is also your 11th wish. So, you know, you're I right on the ball with that. Yeah. You're, you guys are, you know, you're one of our more experienced wish grinding volunteers. Um, so with that said, you know, working on this wish together and, you know, have you found that, again, because of your experiences individually, as one as a wish kid, the other as a sibling, does it make you feel more in tune with the kid and the family in a way as you're meeting with them? I, I definitely think that there's something um, about having gone through the wish process from the, the actual wish child perspective that allows me to approach every wish slightly differently than I think other people might. So um, I've, I've worked on um, 
I mean, I guess a bunch at this point and there's different, like between travel wishes or, you know, things that they'd like to have or meet. And there's different points where you can kind of look back at like, okay, well, this is the wish that I had. And here are the surprises that were thrown my way. And that's like a really cool thing where I can say, oh, like here's something like a, a spark has just like, you know, like a light switch is just flipped on. I have this cool idea that I might be able to do something really cool, but I'm not going to tell them like, this is going to be like a really cool surprise. And I know how this is going to impact them because someone already did that to me. Like someone did this to me back in 2003. And I was like, again, like, I didn't know. I've never seen this many Reese's peanut butter cups in like one box. It's not at the store. And <laughs> it was in front of me all of a sudden. Those are just really cool little things where now, like if I hear that like a kid really loves something and it's absolutely feasible for me to work that into the wish somehow, um, whether it be a snack or, uh, you know, they're the a place that they really like or some type of article of clothing. Like they, if they're just really into like track jackets or something like maybe I can like work that into it. It's, you know, that's like a, Oh man, I remember somebody doing this for me. How, how do I make this work for them? Um, so I, I do think there's a way that uh, approaching it from the, how do I make someone feel the way that I did, you know, mm -hmm. back then, um, that allows me to kind of approach like the wish granting process a little bit differently. But I think at the end of the day, once you've done it enough, you just kind of also know like, all right, like this kid loves this. Like I, I know like this is a thing or this maybe you're the only person on this call who has kids. So I think that adds a, a totally different perspective when you like look at a kid is like, oh, you know, it'll work because my kids love this and you know, which I cannot do right now. But um, <laughs> and actually for so those that are listening, know, you know, shout out to Brian because he just recently was married. So, you know, you're one yeah. of our few alumni committee members that is married. Um, and how's it, you know, how does it feel to be married, you know, and kind of this is, you're living in Queens now. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Oh, and, and so how's that going? How's uh, married life? Uh, so far, so good. I have no regrets. And <laughs> again, I, um, you know, going, going, she will be listening to this. Just ahead. Yeah, no, she definitely will. She can honestly, <laughs> she can probably hear me because she's on the other side of this wall. There you go. Um, but the, you know, again, we, we kind of chatted a little bit about this. I think the ultimate test is being presented to us right now as we are all in quarantine because of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And it, it, this is like your first year being married and you're still excited to wake up next to that person and, cook together, eat together, play games together, watch things together. And like, you know, we have a one bedroom apartment. It's not like, okay, well you go downstairs and we won't see each other for the rest of the day. And then we'll come back. And, you know, at the beginning we were all, both, we, we fell right into a rhythm of both like, okay, here's going to be like your work set up. Here's going to be my work set up. And when something happens, like I'm here for you. And if you need something and I'm going to go do this, like we had a good system and I feel like if you if you find the right person, um, that that's all that matters. It doesn't matter the situation, whether it's a pandemic or, you know, it's it. it the funniest thing is that, um, like at the beginning of this, we went on our honeymoon. That, like that's how twenty twenty started wow. for us, and then of course it just like turned into this. So it started on a, a super high note, and then like st it's still going strong, but 
not quite as good as that. <laughs> yeah. And how about you? Thank you for sharing that. And what about you, Tiffany? Because I mean, you're a doctor. I mean, and 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 just your experiences now in just your day to day, you know, work. You know, have you found the challenge? How have the challenges been? How are you holding up? Because it, it is a lot to be dealing with right now. It's really different than anything else that you know anyone has experienced. So you have to be flexible. Um, it is challenging in ways that you couldn't really think of before where your job was, I go treat patients, I interact with people, but when the danger is in seeing people and worrying that by virtue of interacting with the people that need help, you may be endangering other people um, at the same time that are close to you, which is something that either you can do or you cannot do. You know, how do you quarantine? How do you take care of those people? and still try and find ways to connect with your family. So for Brian and myself, you know, I've been lucky enough to see him over this quarantine period where he says, look, I'm not gonna go anywhere or see anyone for two weeks. I'll do the same, you're extra careful. And it allows you to be smart about the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, like I said, being flexible and being creative um, in the beginning had to learn how to see patients virtually, (laughs) which is new, something I'd wanted to do, but didn't really get to figure out on my own timetable, was kind of rushed into it like everybody else. And it's interesting you say that because one of the questions that I had for you guys, because of the fact that this is your, you're working out on your second wish, and Brian, this is your, you're working on your 11th, but Brian, you knew wish visits before COVID. So you were right. used to like the in-person connection with kids. For In your case, Tiffany, you have the very unique experience of only knowing virtual wish visits. Yeah. So how has that been for, in a sense, you're kind of training Brian in kind of how to deal with the virtual visits in a way. So how has that kind of been, that dynamic of kind of meeting with Wish Kids virtually, and how has that experience kind of gone for you guys? Yeah, so um, it was an interesting time where I was assigned my first wish right at the start of the pandemic. And I was thinking, okay, well, maybe we'll we'll meet virtually with the family and with the, the Wish Kid, and then hopefully this will blow over. We'll get to surprise them, meet in person, send them amazing gifts. Um, but then it didn't happen. This kept going on. So we had to revise our plan and continue with virtual visits and really keep open lines of communication, whether that's email, texting with the kid, with the parents to let them know, hey, we're still thinking of you, but the situation is what it is. So if we want to get something for you or help put your wish together, we're still at the mercy of the postal office system and all the chaos that happens with mail is a lot slower. People are not working there. So now this is going to drag on a little bit longer and we just have to be patient, but let them know we're still thinking of you um, and kind of put in that extra little bit of time to communicate that with them instead of, well, they know we'll see them eventually. Well, they might be sitting at home twiddling their thumbs because they're out of work or not allowed to go to school and they're just waiting for that call from you. <laughs> right. That's amazing. And what about you, Brian? How has it been kind of transitioning from in-person to virtual visits? It, it's interesting. Yes. That's one of the things that she had as a one-up on me because I had not done the, uh, the virtual wish granting yet. And 
actually when I realized that all wishes could be done remotely or all the wishes moving forward would be uh, done remotely for the duration of the pandemic, I was like, oh, well, I realized that now I, as someone who's in Queens and normally doesn't have a car, I was like, oh, well, that means I can work on wishes up in Dutchess and Delaware or, you know, Rockland County, like wherever it may be. And, and it wouldn't matter. So getting adjusted to that was a little bit interesting. I think there are certain things that when you meet with the family, uh, obviously like right now we're just three individuals and three separate screens at three different locations. Um, there, there is something that when you normally step into a room with a wish family, you get to see, hopefully you get to meet, like the siblings, both parents, you could see their interaction. Um, and to some extent, you also get to see like where, where they might be living, what their living situation might be like. And I think all of that adds to you getting a feel for the wish family. Sometimes um, if you see a family that, you know, you know, they may be pushing something because the, the living situation may be, uh, troubled or financially um, not where they wish they could be. And, you know, trying to make sure that that, I mean, w- which could certainly impact a wish if that is the wish kids final or, or, or um, if that's what they end up deciding upon. But, you know, there are certain things where families get involved. If the family is very large, everyone wants to have, or not all the time, but sometimes, a lot of people want to get their say and you have to just kind of remember like, okay, block it out. We're here for the, the kid who's really been at the center of this. Um, and I, I think there is something to be said about being able to be in person and seeing that. And I think now moving forward, we don't have that. Um, and I hope that one day we do get back to experiencing that. Cause I think that's, one of those things that allows wish granters to take a look around at everything and then, you know, possibly do something even cooler for the wish uh, moving forward. I, I think there's nothing bad that comes out of acquiring more information, right? right? So like if we can, you know, if they can put a bunch of information on, on paper about like what they love, what they hate or what they want to do, that's great. If we can hear them say it and then they can describe it, that's even better. If we can see that in person in like the environment that's most comfortable to them, even better. So like the, the closer you get, the better that experience and that exchange is. I remember when I first got assigned my first wish back in March of this year, um, pre pandemic. And I told Brian, Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to work on my first wish. Um, it's, you know, only X miles away from my house. Um, and then that changed to, well, you're, you really are able to work with anyone now because they are virtual. It opens up a lot of doorways instead of thinking, wow, this is not going to be in person. I don't know what to do now. I mean, it was the same with my work. And uh, one of the things I remember Brian telling me when he said, you know, I haven't worked on a wish in a while. And I said, oh, you should. I'm so excited. And he said, you know, but the thing is, I would really hate to tell a kid no if they wanted to travel or have to say no because something couldn't happen now. 
And I think that's such a strength to be able to see that, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking to think that you may have to change things or say no to a wish kid, you know, and otherwise it would have happened in the blink of an eye. And to me being a new wish grantor, I had not really thought of that. Like, well, what am I going to say if I'm put in that situation? Yeah. And one of, that's one of the unique things about um, working on wishes is we, you know, train the volunteers. And for those that are listening into this podcast, you know, just to kind of, you know, look, a look behind the curtain, when we're training volunteers, it's a full day training to kind of get the ins and outs of what a wish grantor needs to know. Um, all the basics of stuff. But sometimes we could only go over so much within an eight hour period. There are some things, which is why in this particular case, it's great when you have a mentor kind of bringing someone else along on their first couple of wishes because they're able to have that experience to fall back on on how to handle those tougher conversations that they're going to have with the family. And, you know, with wishes now that are, you know, unfortunately postponed, you know, our travel wishes are just, you know, grounded until you know, whenever, um, you know, we do have to kind of, you know, change our thinking a little bit on how we can grant wishes. And as an organization, over the last, you know, six, seven months, you know, and and at the time of this airing, probably almost a year, um, you know, it's amazing to see the, how much an organization that's been kind of set in a way of how we grant wishes for decades, within a year, change it, flip it completely upside down and say, all right, we're going to do this totally different and we're going to figure this out as we go. And we haven't skipped the beat. We haven't stopped granting wishes. They've just changed a little bit in how we do it. Um, but we are still granting wishes. And since the pandemic, you know, we did go through about a month period of time that everything kind of just kind of slowed down. But then we just kind of picked right back up again and we started meeting with kids again virtually. We started, um, you know, starting to coordinate wishes on the on behind the scenes and starting getting things going. So we've granted shopping spree wishes. We've granted uh, batting cage wishes. The wish that you worked on, Tiffany, recently was a great wish. It was a it was a, a, a custom gaming computer wish, which is kind of one of those wishes that we used to get every once in a blue, but now we're getting a lot more of because kids are home and they have a lot more free time at home to do stuff. So how was that experience for you kind of working on a wish like that? Um, did you have any experience in the past working on like custom computers? <laughs> no, but... um. But luckily, I had a lot of good help. You know, I had Brian to pick his brain and our other brother, our older brother, um, works heavily with computers. So he was a really great resource. When we first discovered our wish kids wish, I said, you know what, let me ask my brother, he would have a better handle on knowing the language, what companies we should ask for help, see if we can get any donations of any kind. Um, does any of this make sense? And he gave me a bunch of great information for me and my other um, wish granting partner, as well as um, the coordinator. So it, it was exciting. And like I said, you have to be up on your email, be willing to text, call, um, really pull from all of your resources rather than relying on, well, I'll drive in or I'll go meet this person in, in person. You know, you, you have a lot of other venues that you have to take advantage of. Yeah. And I'm curious, I mean, uh, with working on virtual wishes, you know, 
how, do, do you guys like use Amazon a lot, you know, and you just kind of send stuff to the kid directly? Like, how is that? How are Because everybody's kind of doing it a little bit different. So I'm curious to hear your your side and kind of your experience of how are you enhancing those wishes? How are you kind of because we've talked about it in a lot of ways, yeah. but the logistics of it. So you're you're buying stuff and sending it. Yeah. So using um, online shopping, um, when we first thought of, well, what do we send, you know, a, a teenage kid who wants a gaming computer, you know, I don't know what games he likes, or I can't drop something off at his house. But, you know, we can use resources like Amazon, use two day shipping, maybe turn it into five day shipping. And um saying, you know what, maybe I should not think of wrapping a gift and dropping it off, but how about a gift card? It's more versatile. The world has changed. You know, what people want is a little bit different right now. So giving them the choice on how do they want to use it for their situation right now, um, maybe it's directly related to their wish. Maybe it's not, but kind of being a little bit more, I don't want to say lenient, but more open about what those enhancements are going to look like can make a big difference for that kid. That's so true. And, you know, I want to add that for those that are listening, um, you know, we'll make sure that we add in the show notes, you know, a link to Amazon. But for those that don't know, you can go to smile.amazon.com and select your us as a chapter, Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley. You can select us as a beneficiary of, of like a percentage of the things you buy on by utilizing that particular website, which is smile.amazon.com. So if you want, want, you set it up once and then literally everything you buy from groceries to music downloads to books it, on a personal level or for enhancements for wishes, um, you can get a percentage of that donated back to Make-A-Wish. So it's a really one of those really easy kind of no brainer kind of things that most people don't yeah, really know about. So, <laughs> And it's free, exactly. So we'll make sure to add it in the show notes so that others that are listening in can uh, can just set that up for them so uh, themselves moving forward. So I'm um, switching gears a little bit. I want to get I want to go back to Brian because you have also a very unique experience as a volunteer because you actually uh, interned at the office. So did, how was yeah. that experience? Uh, kind of interning at the office at that time and and kind of your your fellow interns. I mean we uh, we have some fun stories during the time that you uh, you guys were all volunteering, uh, interning. Like we, we bought you fish. Yes, you guys got us some beta fish, um, and you named yeah. them each your own names. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that. And I think only like three of them died like really fast, and we're like, what happened? But yeah, no, that experience was great. And I think for me at that point, I was already heavily involved with the foundation. Um, I think I just started volunteering. It must've been like a year after my own wish or something like that. So I had already been a part of the foundation in one respect at, by the time I interned with you guys, I had already been wish granting. And then it was just like one more thing to add on that. And every single time you do something different, it gives you a brand new perspective. So me understanding all the the back end logistics that go into the wish, because you know from the wish grantor side, you know we might be presented with a budget, and then we have to work directly with the families and just say like, okay, like here's what we can do, here's what we can't do. Um, on the other side, like learning a little bit more, like okay, where's where's that money coming from? Like so, we kind of handled some more of like the 
how we're setting up some of the fundraising stuff. I remember working on the, uh, I forget what year that was, but the annual gala and things like that where, you know, those are big fundraising events. And, you know, on, on the volunteer side, you may have worked, you know, whether at a desk or at an event, um, but there's so much more planning that goes even before that, like, just like, okay, we need to like rent the space and get people in the door, get people to donate items as a fundraiser. Um, and getting like that additional perspective was really cool. So now I'm just trying to like cover like the full gamut of just, here's everything that makes up make a wish from like the granting, the being on the receiving end of it to the, the, what happens like at the house and, what the volunteers do, like I'm just trying to do all basically of basically going to take over Make a Wish. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like he's going to take my job. That's yeah. what it sounds like. You'll be doing this podcast uh, next year. <laughs> I love the idea of running a podcast. So yeah, that, there you go. I'm all about that. Watch out, Abe. Well, and, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. And speaking of which, you know, um, shout out to Brian because he that little sound that you hear at the beginning of this episode and also at the end of every episode, that music is, was actually created by Brian. Um, so shout out to Brian for the amazing uh, music that we have on our podcast. It was created by a wish alum. So shout out to Brian for that. So thank you, man, for, for doing nope. that for us. No problem. That's just, again, fun, fun side hobby, you know, and it's awesome when you can, when everything comes full circle and you can just, uh, you know, make it, make it, uh, make it count. And honestly, that's probably the most people who are ever hearing anything I've ever made. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm hoping that this goes out you know, to so many people that people are really listening in, you know, because you have obviously an amazing talent in a lot of different ways, you know, being a volunteer, wish grinder, you know, great brother, you know, from what we hear from Tiffany. So, but on top of that, you're also a great musician, you know, you created this music for the podcast, but you also have done a lot of graphic design, which is, you know, you actually also, I believe, interned at the Garden of Dreams, right, which kind of evolved to like an, a, a role within Madison Square Garden, right? Right, yeah, so it, it the story I usually tell is just how my wish in 2003 has just led to like a domino effect, everything that came after. So that kind of, um, that sparked that initial, like, I just love music. And I know my sister just touched upon this. This was actually the first concert my anyone, or at least that between myself and my siblings had ever gone to. And it just set off this crazy cascade of concerts that I would eventually come to go to. Um, but my involvement with Make-A-Wish, when I, after this music uh, start, uh, th this music interest started, um, I, was, I remember being with you guys in the house and I said, mentioned that to someone. They said, oh, why don't you try interning with Madison Square Garden? And so I did. And I got to work with the Garden of Dreams Foundation, which you guys work heavily with. And I, at this point, I am friends with almost all of them. And I've, I know people who have come and gone there, but I've gotten to work on their talent show every year at, that they do at Radio City Music Hall. I, I've gotten to produce design for it. Um, and, you know, really, I've been on stage for several of the most, I don't know about most, but yeah, probably most of the shows. So I'm like on stage off to like, side behind the curtain but you know on the same stage as dave Chappelle, john oliver like stuff like that which is really cool and um but that really started with just like a, a foot in the door with the company and i got to see a lot of the similar kind of things like that so the garden of dreams foundation uh is madison square gardens nonprofit, and they 
kind of handle any of the, and I know that there's a ton of overlap when wishes happen that involve Madison Square Garden properties. So they if a kid wants to meet an artist and they happen to be playing the Beacon Theater or Radio City Music Hall or Madison Square Garden, they kind of work in tandem with the Gardner Genius Foundation and whatever Make-A-Wish chapter because they work with the Connecticut chapter, the Metro New York chapter, New Jersey, Connecticut, and like all of these different things. Uh, and obviously the Hudson Valley. Um, so that really kind of gave me this additional perspective. And I would eventually, one of my wishes was for a kid who did want to meet someone at Madison Square Garden. And it happened. And it was funny because at that point I was working there. So I was on like the make a wish side of it, granting a wish that was happening where I work. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, but so eventually after I graduated, I had interned with the Gardner Dreams Foundation. And eventually I would kind of, again, step uh, foot in the door, get my very first full-time job working at Madison Square Garden in their creative services department. And again, honing in on this, you know, passion for music, I was the concerts designer for almost a decade. And wow. I, I've worked on, I tried to calculate this the other day. I, if we have between all of the properties, somewhere between like three and 500 concerts every year or something like that. And I have touched almost every single one of them at like between the venues we had, you know, the, the forum in Inglewood, California, the Chicago theater. And, and it's crazy, like the number of things that I've worked on, but you know, going back to my very first show was Ozfest 2003. It was my make a wish. And I have now, I've now seen Ozzy several times, but I've also, I've worked on his show twice in my lifetime, I think, um, once for Black Sabbath and once for as Ozzy. And I have... Um, you only got strangled by him yes, once. I've, I've only been <laughs> strangled by him once. Yes, we'll share a picture, this iconic picture of Ozzy with his hands around uh, Brian's neck. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it, it, it was welcomed, just so people don't think it, like, things went south. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, at that point, or, you know, to date, I you know, from first concert, make a wish to the garden and dreams foundation to working for the, I mean, it's, it's changed over time, but it was entertainment then just MSG and now is MSG live and uh, just working on more and more concerts, being more and more involved at this point. I've seen, I, I can't even tell you how many concerts I have seen. Um, but then when it comes even more, more like, oh man, like the, that wish really kicked off everything. My job at Madison Square Garden is also where I met my wife. So it's just wow. like, oh man, like I really credit like the, the direction of my life to like, well, I had this wish in 2003. So that's amazing, man. You know, I, you know, yeah. I did not realize that you had met your wife through MSG. That's yeah. That's, yeah we're learning new things. Tiffany, we're learning new stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she worked in PR and I was designing and um yeah just friends and we we also and we both are from outside of new york city but for whatever reason we uh, she's from the philly area and we just ended up when we worked there moving within half mile of each other so we both lived in the same neighborhood in queens and somehow that was like a, oh like we should hang out sometime like yeah <laughs> it was a, it was a great that was a, that's a great intro, right, into yeah. uh, our first date. Like, hey, you, you live right down the block anyway. You know, we'll grab something to eat after doing yeah. laundry. Yeah. Yeah. 
that actually I, I proposed outside of that bar, which is no longer a bar. Now it's a real estate office, but it was the street corner where that bar used to be, where I said like, oh, like let's, let's get together and hang out for the first time outside of work. Oh man. And Tiffany, how so, yeah. is it for you to kind of see, you know, your younger brother, you know, kind of through, you know, a, a real kind of going through a difficult time, you know, with his, with his illness. And then you see it fast forward all these years later. And now he's, you know, living out in Queens, he's married now, like, you know, how, how has, how's that for you as a, as a sister, big sister kind of seeing what he's been able to do with his life, you know, since, you know, his wish was granted back in 2003. Yeah, it's, um, it's cheesy, but it really is very inspirational not to let it go to your head, Brian, but um... <laughs> <laughs> always keeping you humble, bro. Always keeping you humble. <laughs> so, but it, it has been really cool, you know, being in healthcare now and seeing the, the really kind of dark sides of what people go through, what families go through, what our own family has gone through many times now. Um, and then being able to come out on top of that. And I think that's really what drove me to pursue being in healthcare and, and also to pursue medicine um, is a lot. It has a lot to do with Brian. <laughs> I, I actually think that my undergraduate college essay was based on Brian's experience and what it meant to me. Not to let uh, that inflate your ego too much, but um, <laughs> but um, I mean, anyone can see Brian does everything. I mean, he's basically a. We already talked about going to take over Make a Wish because he's infiltrated every single part of it. Yeah, <laughs> loves music. Has explored all of New York City. Um, for someone that, you know, not to make it sound too, um, crazy, but essentially got a second lease on life and, you know, and got make a wish to be a part of him celebrating that and our whole family celebrating that he really has taken that and just run with it. Um, some people don't, you know, and I've seen that in healthcare and other people do. And, um, Brian is definitely one of those people that has he has done everything if he had a list and said i want to do all these things he's doing it he's actually doing it um and pursuing his passions and um so it's, it's awesome to see from a, a sibling point of view from a healthcare point of view make a wish point of view um we have this mutual friend that um uh we met when i was doing an internship down in houston texas that brian accompanied me on a 27 hour road trip on and uh she is a cancer survivor um she has gone through a lot on her own and when i told her about brian and everything that he's gone through and she obviously started following him on social media she really just took to him was like and every time i mentioned brian she would say I just love how much he loves life. He does so much. He's having so much fun. And it's like, you're right. Like, I'm jealous sometimes. <laughs> I got my nose in the books and he's having so much fun. But, I mean, he deserves every bit of it. So it's, it's, it's cool to see. That's amazing. And actually, Brian, you have behind you, uh, for those that are listening, Brian has a really cool sign with, uh, that says, Go Brian, Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley. And Tiffany, you made that sign, right? For one of, uh, <laughs> what, what, what was the occasion? You know, for those that are listening in that, that you know, don't know Brian or don't follow him on social media, um, you know, how, what, what's the purpose of that sign? So Brian recently ran the New York City Marathon in 2019. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so of course I had to go support that because 
Brian um, will not shy away from this. Brian hates running, but yet yeah. he ran a marathon. So kind of to commemorate this one big thing he did and that he will never, ever do again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was given that sign by uh, the Hudson Valley chapter, and then I wrote his name on it so that when he's running by, he'll know that that's for him. That's fantastic. And it, and it really works. Like when you, all you need is just a giant sign. I know my wife made uh, like fat heads and it was just like easy to spot. Um, so like, again, I'm not a huge fan of running, but I was challenged and I really don't back away from too many challenges in life, which is kind of like, all right, like keep doing things. There's always something new to check off that list. And um, yeah, like just a gigantic white sign with my name on it and the Make-A-Wish logo. I was like, I don't really know. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there must be other um, individuals who have been touched by or even had wishes granted who have run the marathon. But I was like, I don't know how many are like exactly my chapter or this year or something like that. So it was pretty easy to just like always identify as like, Oh, like my, my fans are right there. So I, I know where they are. And I, I chose to run without no music. Um, you can, the New York city marathon is just so lively that with the exception of when you, run over bridges you can just almost like feed off the energy of the crowd and that's kind of what i went with and um it's nice like you're always looking for the crowd and for me i'm always looking for the next spot where i know that you know my wife and my family and my friends are waiting for me and like just having the giant sign behind me is like oh there it is so like and i had like certain spots like mapped out where i knew they would be but there's a, a few other ones where I was like, oh, okay, well, there's the sign. So Yeah, I yeah, didn't oh. know how many other Brian's from Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley there would be. And uh, it was kind of twofold that, you know, he would know that sign is just for him. And uh, for all the, anyone who sees Make-A-Wish, I'm sure they've all seen it, heard it, gotten flyers in the mail. Um, seeing that, okay, someone there is running the New York City Marathon. They are motivated enough they're healthy enough that they can do that and that they're actually doing it so kind of going off of what i said before i thought it was important to to show that um yeah that's amazing well thank you guys again for for sharing some amazing stories you know we do have a segment on the podcast it's called the shooting star segment which is just a series of questions where we say that we, we encourage you guys to just say the first thing that comes to mind so i'll start first with you, Tiffany, because, you know, these may be a little bit more kind of fresh on top of mind. What is your favorite Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley memory? The limo pulling up to our house on the day of Brian's wish. <laughs> there you go. You felt like a VIP, I'm guessing, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And Brian, you know, in one word, how would you describe Make-A-Wish? Humbling. I, I think for well, I mean, do you want the explanation or you really want me to just keep it? Yeah, no, no, let's, let's go with the explanation, bro. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's you know, expand on it. It's humbling. I, I feel like from, it, you know, somebody who's gone through more than perhaps like the normal upbringing because of things that I have experienced, um, which my background is predominantly, it, it's heart surgeries. I've just had a bunch and a lot of complications with that. And I think even from that and then having this wish and then being a part of the Make-A-Wish family and then meeting other kids, it's very humbling to be like, oh, well, I had this, but look at 
what else is going on and let's see what I can do for them. And it, it really puts, you know, hopefully it puts some of some perspective into other wish kids and wish families to see like, Oh, well look at him. He's doing okay. And then for me, it's incredibly humbling to be like, well, look, you're like a quarter of my age, but you still, you know, have this great, you know, view on life, you're energetic, you know, you've been through so much kid, like you can do so much more. And here's, you know what, just for that, just for getting through, like, let's, let's do something cool for you. And it is really, you know, and people say that all the time, if you've never had surgery of any sort, if you've never been in a hospital overnight, you know, they'll look at me and be like, like, oh, you've spent so much time, you've been through so much. And then I, at this point, I've met so many other people. I was like, oh, yeah, but like, look at some of these other kids that I've worked with. Like they've, they've, in my opinion, been through much more or, you know, some, it, it could be less or more. It doesn't matter. They're all, every situation is different. And it's just very humbling, even for me to look at like, oh, that's, that's like me, but different. So it, it's, it's very cool in that respect. Yeah. And I think people, um, you know, everybody's going through something, you know, and I think it, it varies in degrees, but everybody's having a challenge of some kind, whether it's, you know, trying to get out of the house on time when you're trying to get two kids ready for school, you know, or whether it's trying to, you know, you know, you know, have, not having that cup of coffee, you know, the first thing you do when you wake up and, and you really need that sometimes, you know, it could be, you know, such a variety of different things. And those are kind of smaller things, but then you have other kids that, you know, are having trouble, you know, breathing or are having, you know, an irregular heartbeat, or, you know, are having, you know, to go through, you know, chemotherapy or radiation or a lot of other things and treatments that kids that we work with on a day to day are going through. So, you know, everyone's going through something. So I think at, at the very, at the core of it, you know, we're just all invited to be kind to one another, because we don't really know, you know, what the other person's going through. So if anything, you know, humbling is, is, is something that we all have to kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and just kind of be humble about, about what we're what we're going through because someone else is maybe going through something a little bit a little bit bigger and a little bit harder so um you know with that said you know tiffany i have a question for you um you know since this since you're relatively new as a volunteer you've been a volunteer with us for a year you know what advice would you give to someone from the community who is interested in donating their time as a volunteer or even looking just to donate um to make wish you know what would you kind of share with them i would say you know, just, just jump in. What, whatever you have is enough. Um, everyone is incredibly welcoming and there's no wrong reason to want to give. Um, for anyone that's ever volunteered before, they're just happy that you're there and that you want to do anything. There's no saying, well, you've got to commit X amount of hours or else we don't want you. Um, that's that's just not the mindset that you are greeted with when you meet people that want to give something of themselves, whether it's their time, um, monetary um, objects, you know, whatever it is, it's always welcome. And however little or however much that you can give is perfect. So don't let that hold you back from just sending an email and saying, hey, um, I'm so-and-so. I don't know really much about this, but it sounds cool. Can you use me for anything? Can you teach me? They're always willing to teach. Also, skill-based volunteers are really important, especially at our local chapter. So, you know, we talked 
in depth on in this episode with Brian's, you know, just creativity with music and art and everything. Um, so if there's someone listening to this podcast that has a particular skill set, whether it's, you know, creative writing or whether it's graphic design or marketing or, you know, um, event planning or whatever, all those skills are always needed at the chapter. So, you know, like Tiffany said, jump in, get involved, you know, reach out to us here at our local chapter in the Hudson Valley and get involved today because we do need volunteers, you know, virtually as well as skill-based volunteers that can offer their, their talents to us. One of the cool things about Make-A-Wish is just that it is very easy to see what your work is going towards. And, you know, if someone has donated, um, I've had people come up to me at the gala and say that like they specifically help fund my wish. And I was like, I didn't even know you could do that, but that's cool. And, um, that, that's like a really interesting thing that, um, you know, being able to see, you know, I think there are foundations that are fantastic, but you know, they might just ask for a monetary donation or, maybe you volunteer sometime, but it's, it's just very apparent and anyone can see like the, whatever it is that you've done to help the Make-A-Wish chapter that you're a part of, you can go back and find out exactly how much of a difference that made. Like if it helped make an event run smoothly, that's awesome because someone needed to do that, whether it was handing out t-shirts or greeting people or telling them where to go. If it was something that you donated or you helped fundraise at your your school or your business, like that money went to making these wishes happen. And, you know, these families got to be surprised in some of their darkest times. Like it's just, and that's the, one of the unique things like, so thank you for in whatever capacity that you've helped keep doing it because, you know, the wishes are still there. The children are still there. The, the issues that they face are still there. And, you know, every single time you do something, it, it helps make those, these incredible wishes and experiences happen. Tom Conklin, our president CEO always says, it's always hard to follow a wish kid. Um, so Tiff, I mean, I mean, that was, that, that put a bow on it, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so say you said it very nicely. I mean, I couldn't, that's exactly what I was thinking. Just, Thank you to everyone who supports such a wonderful foundation. Um, the only other thing I could say is, you know, it's been a very challenging year. 2020 has thrown a lot at us. And I know a lot of people do feel helpless um, and that, you know, there's nothing good. Everything's so negative. But giving back in whatever capacity you can, whether it's a phone call and say, okay, now I'm just too busy. I'm too spent. Whatever it is that you can give um, makes a difference. And it's just something purely good. And I think that's the thing. When I first started volunteering, I kept telling everyone that it's just something good. There's not strings attached. You know, I'm in healthcare and you see patients and you go into it wanting to do good, but there, there are limitations and um, there is red tape. And with foundation, I feel like I'm given this great opportunity to do something purely good 
for a kid when they really are in their darkest hour. The family is suffering. And um, we just get to say, hey, forget all the other stuff, the medical mumbo jumbo. What is something that would make you happy right now? And uh, let's see what we can do. And you have all these wonderful people that come up with great ideas just to make you happy. It's just that simple. (laughs) So, um, you know, not everything can be, but this is one of those things. It is simple, and uh, I'm so glad to be a part of it. Special thanks to Brian Chin and Tiffany Chin for teaming up on Wishes and supporting Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. And we also invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Let us know how we're doing and any questions you may want to add to our Shooting Stars segment. We're always open to hearing what you guys have to say. Special thanks to our executive producers for the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf, for helping me put the podcast together. Couldn't do it without their collaboration. And finally, from all of us here at the Wish House, thank you for joining us. Stay safe and stay healthy.